Welcome, Savvy Seeker, to the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast. This is your audio oasis and paranormal portal. You can experience legendary guests, thought-provoking tarot readings, astonishing astrological forecasts, and exposure to ideas intent on igniting your unlimited inspiration. Subscribe today to keep your fire burning. One last thing, you are encouraged to reach out and ask questions. Become a part of the show. Now please enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome back everybody. We have Stephanie Capone here with us today. Stephanie, how's life treating you? Life's amazing, Ross. How are you? I'm doing doing better now, thank you. Um, so Stephanie, do you want to explain to the good people who might not know um, what exactly we're doing here? Yes. So for those of you just joining us, we are doing the Fool's Guide to the Tarot, where every week Ross and I go through the major arcana cards and their accompanying minors. And uh, last week was Strength and the Eights. And so this week we're going to be looking at the Hermit and the Nines. And I'm very excited. Yeah, I am as well. Um, like I had said before we started recording, the Hermit is one of my favorite cards. Um, it's actually on my book cover. I have the Hermit and the Fool because I think that those two are so related in like a deep way in some way. Um, but yeah, what does the nine mean? Like kind of skipping our normal format of things. What does the nine in numerology mean? Well, in numerology, the nine is um, about a completion. Hmm. So you've learned all the lessons of the one through eight, and the nine is kind of integrating all of them and preparing you for the next phase. So it's wrapping everything up um, as you complete one cycle and prepare to enter the next. I really, really like that. Um, one thing that I kind of playing off of what you said is so the nine really is kind of looking back on his full journey to this point and kind of looking at all of that to, to gain his experience to go on to the next phase of everything, correct? Yes. So I like to look at the hermit as the wise fool. Hmm. Um, and even though it's not the very end of the journey, it's almost the end of the journey of the minors. So you can look at it in that way. Um, the nines have all of the nines have a, an element of being deeply alone. Hmm. No other person on the cards. And it's really about your own experience through ace through eight in the nine. It's the culmination of those lessons and how they affect you. So I always, I always see the nines as alone. Yeah, I never really noticed that before, but that's a very good observation. Because the hermit is alone and it's, you know, the hermit is stepping away and kind of shutting out the noise of life to sit with their own internal wisdom hmm. or they bring it back to everybody else. So I think it's important to have this nine before we go, before we end the cycle in the tens. I'm so sorry. I still have Ellie the dog with us. Ellie, no. <laughs> You're being a bad guest, Ellie. Ellie, please. <laughs> You're never coming on this podcast again, Ellie. <laughs> um, Adventures in puppy sitting while trying to record podcasts. 
that could, maybe that's what you should branch off into now. That can be your own podcast. Stephanie Capone's Adventures in Puppy Sitting While Trying to report, Record Podcasts. Well, that's a mouthful right there. <laughs> It'd be horrible to try to market that. Um, <laughs> so anyways, back to our friend, the hermit. <laughs> yeah, can we see what your hermit looks like? You show me your hermit, I'll show you mine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So here's my hermit. Oh, I really like it. Um, and just because I've heard your story before, that's the kind of the cabin where you this is do the, the journaling. That is the cabin. That is the cabin. I like um, it. Where all of this kind of came to fruition. That was my first, um, just a little tiny bit of a backstory for those of you who maybe haven't heard me ad nauseum talk about it. Um, <laughs> when I decided to leave my life and go on my own fool's journey, I rented a cabin out on Long Island, like way east. Um, up in the North Fork and I rented a cabin for two weeks and that was the first time I'd ever gone away anywhere by myself hmm. and I just brought a bunch of journals a bunch of sketchbooks and watercolor and I was I didn't go out I didn't talk to anybody I just was like hey I'm gonna sit in nature and I'm gonna tap back into my creativity because I feel like I'm not expressing myself and it's killing me. Hmm. So that was my yes, that was my kind of going away from society to tap into my own inner wisdom. And this is the result. Yeah. Very cool. I, I definitely like the result of you having done that. Cause I really appreciate your artwork. One of the questions I want to ask you about yours specifically. So you have the moon in it. I take it that the moon is a nod to the lantern in the traditional hermit card, correct? Absolutely. But then there's the secondary compound symbolism of it being the moon in the traditional sense as well, I would assume, where it's kind of looking at the undercurrent of your emotions and kind of really going into your subconscious to see what's there and bring it to the surface. Am I correct in that? You're 100% correct in that. And then tying that into um, the moon card now, since we're talking about it, the moon is 18, so it's 1 plus 8 equals 9. Um, let, let me ask you this now. This might be too advanced, and this might be something we need to talk about later on, but uh, I'm curious. So the moon card really is about having the magician, the magician being strong enough to look at their subconscious to integrate their experience, correct? Yes. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, that was that. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves there, but I was just super curious about that. I love what, it. What, what is Ellie the dog doing? Because I saw a look of dismay on your face. Uh, she had a toy in her mouth and she flung it over my head and across the room. And I, <laughs> I was some next level attention seeking. That's good for a dog her size, though. I give her props on that. Yeah, she's six pounds, and she's she's very spunky. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, so do you have maybe a, a hermit story? Maybe? Shit, dude. My, my life is, <laughs> is the hermit story. I, I mean, um, I, I guess really having... Um, I'm in recovery, as some people may know. I've 
recently went and did my, uh, I guess I'll talk about where I'm at now. Right now I'm on the eighth step, uh, my second eighth step, which is about kind of uh, making a list of all the people that we had harmed and become willing to make amends to them. So a large part of that really is, I mean, even in tying it into the previous card, which is strength, looking at through that as being vulnerable, getting honest with my story, but really looking at kind of where the choices I've made have, have taken me. But then also now that I, this is my second time through it, looking at how far I've evolved on this process of healing um, as a result of taking all of these other steps in my life and seeing how all the wisdom I've gained from part of the wisdom from fucking up my life, I guess, because there's a lot of wisdom in being the fool and kind of creating all that chaos. But then there's a lot of wisdom in integrating those experiences and really beginning to understand. And then, although I'm not on the proceeding step, which is um, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others, which is the ninth step in regards to the, the hermit, that really is about um, looking at how I've, hurt other people, taking accountability for it, and then no longer acting in those ways towards other people. Um, so for me, and this will be kind of the, the end of it, so I don't ramble on too long, but for me, like a lot of my amends are what's called living amends where I act differently because um, I can't ever correct the behavior. And a lot of that is how I relate to women specifically because I used to be a major douchebag. Um, so that's my hermit story, like looking back through the lens of active addiction and seeing how I can be a better person today. That's wonderful. And that's important to be able to realize and to admit to. So thank you for, it's, I think it's very fucking brave for, for a man to say like, I was a dick to women and now I'm an ally and I'm working towards that. Like that's, that's a big deal. I think that a lot of men feel that way, but not a lot of men are comfortable to say it. Yeah. I, I appreciate the compliment. And if anybody's curious, like I actually go into probably too much detail on previous episodes where I, I uh, talk about the sacred feminine, there's two episodes in particular, um, but both of those were incredibly cathartic for me. And I try not to be one of those guys that wants sympathy, <laughs> but this just sh shares what I went through and how I fuck people over. Um, yeah, the Hermit's a really powerful card, and I think that it really is probably one of the, for me, one of the most important ones. And one of the other things I want to touch on before we talk about the minors is um, it's interesting how a lot of the earlier cards, I won't say that they're not, there's not maybe some difficulty in there, but a lot of the cards leading up to the Hermit are very pleasant. And then once you kind of have, um, that hermit awareness and you begin to shift through everything, it becomes increasingly more difficult to navigate through some of the cards that come after it. How do you feel about that statement? Um, I agree with you. And I think, and I have a lot to say on that. I think that it's very interesting um, that the cards that lead up to it are part of the, our conscious self and our physical reality, and then everything kind of evolves as the journey goes deeper into the subconscious and then the superconscious. And I think, <laughs> and that's why there aren't more minors past the 10. Hmm. Because the 10 
corresponds to the Wheel of Fortune, and that's the turn of the wheel, and like the deeper into the forest of archetypes and psychology. Um, a lot of people feel like it's more, it's simpler to deal with one through nine or one through 10 mm. than what comes after that. Yeah, I, I guess I could see that because the cards that come afterwards are somewhat more abstract. The other ones, well, there's some abstract concepts they are a lot more direct and easily understood, but um, there's not as many, I don't know what the proper word would be, there's not as many footholds to grasp on some of the other cards unless you're actually doing the work. And it's interesting when you talk to people, or I should say it's interesting because I've had conversations with people about tarot. Um, and they'll view some of the more unpleasant cards that come later on strictly as unpleasant and not see any benefit in them. And they'll see them in a strictly material way and not in a subconscious way. And when I've tried to have those conversations, it really fell flat on the floor. And I'm just like, it's interesting how something can be perceived so many different ways. And like, I don't know that I'll ever grasp that, but um, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm just rambling now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I think that it'll definitely be interesting as we move forward with this podcast. Um, after our next episode with the tens, then we're going to go into court cards. And I think that court cards are multi-layered and can trip a lot of people up. Like I have a, one of my best friends who she says, I don't read court cards. She'll take court cards right out. What? That and that's her that's her preference. She's not a professional tarot reader, but when she reads, that's her way, and I respect her for it. Um, but it's it's definitely gonna take a deeper, more layered turn. So this is this is, you know, one through ten really lays the foundation to then dive into more subconscious, more abstract, more um psychological and um philosophical <laughs> mm. so what you're saying is in, enjoy the beginners classes while you can everybody because it's about to get deep yeah so <laughs> we're about to take the red pill uh-oh uh-oh <laughs> all right um anyway, let's... <laughs> now that ross and i've had that tangent let's um <laughs> Well, you actually made sense of it and brought it back to reality as opposed to me like running off the tracks. <laughs> Let's dive into to the uh, minors now. Which one do you want to start with? So I always see a split in the minors depending on the element. Um, I see a couple of them feel a lot more joyful and a couple of them feel a little stressful. Mm -hmm. So let's let's just go right into the most stressful card in in the minors and that is uh nine of swords i love the way you have it set up there thank you it's one of my favorite cards and this is one of my favorite images that i've ever drawn yeah that's phenomenal and i think it's not just because i was a hairdresser but um <laughs> <laughs> having all of those swords, you know, there are thoughts and mm -hmm. communications and um, the card is a card about anxiety. 
and irrational fears and stories that we've told ourselves. And it's a nine. So it's coming to the end of that. And I feel like it's, you can be stuck in your anxiety and you can be stuck in your mindset. But when the nine of swords comes up, it's, it's like a, the universe kind of saying like that shit is all in your head. Hmm. That is not reality. And you have the choice to leave that behind. Yeah. Um, I really get the anxiety vibe from it. I like how you tacked on the irrational irrationality or irrational fears aspect of it, because that isn't something that I had perceived before, but it makes a lot of sense. I also get like in uh, Smith weight, it just makes me think of insomnia, but anxiety is something that will cause a lot of insomnia. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to something recently. Um, I forget what it was specifically, but it kind of said that when you're in that hypnagogic state right before you fall asleep is when your subconscious really takes hold. And that's why a lot of people actually get um, the inability to fall asleep because they haven't dealt with their subconscious in some way. So the hermit kind of is looking at it and being like, look at what's going on. Look at your thoughts and look what's going on in your mind and like learn to make peace with it. Because until I was able to bring my subconscious to light, there was no peace really. And I was that person like in the Smith weight, like up at night, head in hands. Um, yeah, definitely an unpleasant card. <laughs> it is, um, definitely is. And I think that it's really interesting how there's been a huge movement towards mental health and opening up a dialogue about that and not just seeing it as this going to a therapist as being the only way or um, taking medication, mm -hmm. the only way of dealing with that and how spirituality and mental health have really paralleled. Yeah, I mean, that's really what got me into all of this in a, in a big way. I really appreciate you bringing that up because for me, like when I started recovery, I got back into tarot and I used this as kind of like a window to see what was coming up in my subconscious. Actually, part of the way that I resolved the Nine of Swords was literally through using tarot. And um, in my own personal tarot reading, I've shifted back to focusing more on the um, practical understanding and application of this than divination of it and using it more so to help people navigate through what's coming up in the cards and using it as a, a mirror for them and helping them find their own truth and what the card is trying to represent. Um, this is just a quick sidebar. Have you ever heard of this book by Benabel Wen, Holistic Tarot? Yes. Um, I haven't had the luxury of reading. You've read it, you said? No, I have not read it. But Okay. I haven't had the luxury of reading all of it yet, but I read the first um, chapter just in, in, in between reading books. And it really talks about kind of that approach of using it as a way to help heal yourself. So um, I definitely think that that's something that I, I would encourage people to do for themselves or find other people to help them navigate through it. But this can be a great asset to, um, making peace with your mental health. Obviously, I'm not saying like throw yourself into tarot and don't work with anybody else. No, but it's just, it's a lot of people when they associate mental health with medication and therapy, 
a lot of times the resistance that comes up is I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. I have insurance. I can't afford a therapist. And it's like, you know, don't let that be an excuse to cut you off from getting to know yourself in a safe place on a deeper level. Um, for me, I worked with the hermit a lot when I would feel anxious. I would be in nine of swords and, but I didn't know how to come out of it. And so I would just shuffle my deck and I'd put the hermit out and I would say, where are you shining your light today? Hmm. And see what comes up and then kind of look at the relationship between those cards and then just free associate in my journal. Um, and a lot of what I wrote when I wrote my memoir was those things that came up and then going back and saying, you know, I have all these beliefs and these stories I've created and I was able to trace it back to the source. Mm -hmm. so like, oh, because this thing happened when I was six or, you know, this happened in middle school and now I'm afraid of this. And, and a lot of it was like these irrational fears that had set the tone for my existence in the world as an adult. I definitely think that that's super important. And going back to the kind of the um, dialogue that we had about strength and it coming before the hermit or after the hermit, it definitely is one of those situations where you need to have the strength to really look back at your past and kind of understand where you've taken on these nine of swords stories so you can really begin to see how to process it and express it. And that's one of the things, again, for me, like I've been going through a lot of that lately on top of everything else going on, dude. So it is... Uh, it's so heavy, but there is a, a levity to it once you kind of process all of it, much like you've experienced. And then everybody else gets to kind of um, deal with the tangible fruit of your of your efforts by working with your deck and kind of hearing the wisdom that you've gained from your experiences. So I like it. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks, Ross. Um, so if we've done the nine of swords, which is the heavy one, the next obvious choice for the other heavy card would be the nine of wands. Um, what sticks out? To, uh, let's see your card. If you don't mind. Oh, I like it. It's kind of like the crown of thorns type thing. Very cool. It's, um, it's like a pretty closed circle mm -hmm. or a crown of thorns or in like, I don't know if you can tell, but like there's like blood on them. Oh yeah. And it's it's kind of a nod to the writer Smith Waite where, you know, the the figure's head is bandaged, which mm -hmm. is about like psychic wounds. Hmm. Um, and I think about the relationship to the hermit where the nines are alone. And I feel like wands are about action and fire. So taking all of your ambition and your drive and putting it towards things that it's like kind of like the card about failing forward. Hmm. It's like the obstacles that you faced and the, um, the wounds that you've kind of encountered along the way that make you who you are, but also reminding you that you can open that circle up and ask people for help. Hmm. And it's okay. You don't have to be, the end all beat all. I think we're better together than we are on our own, but ego keeps us wanting to be like, well, I'm the authority of my life and I know best and la 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 la. And I can, 
do all of the things all on my own and I don't need anybody. It's like that, what is it, like rugged individualism. <laughs> I feel like it's, you know, you're kind of smacking your head against the wall when you go about things that way. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. That's been my life experience for a very long time, trying rugged individualism and yeah. um, really kind of getting the psychic wings. I like how you presented the card because I've never really perceived it the way that you did, but I really see a lot of that. Um, now that you kind of brought it to light, I always took it as being somewhat defensive and apprehensive about everything um, and kind of standing guard. But I really like how, how you've put it. And although it's not directly related, I almost see somewhat of a correlation between this card and um, eight of pentacles in some regard where it's doing the work and then this is kind of letting things grow once you've kind of done the work and you're kind of exhausted. It might just be where my exhausted mind wants to see it now. Um, I relate a lot to this card right now. <laughs> well, and if you look at that, yeah, if you look at that card, like the way the figure on the Lord Smith is kind of like holding onto, you know, his wand and he's all bandaged up and then he's kind of looking back like, where am I now? Was that worth it? Hmm. Like I'm all beat up and all I have is this one wand. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, this is supposed to be a card about encouragement. Like you've been putting all this effort in and yeah, you're beat up and, but you're wiser mm. for experiences and what you're going through is coming to an end. So your struggles are almost over. Yeah, I like that, especially the, the whole fail forward concept. I really can, that makes sense. What else do you have to add to it, if, if anything? Because I, I don't think I can expand upon what you've thrown out there. Um, I liked the interpretation of kind of that, like reaching, reaching the apex and almost being um, finished with it. And I think it's in the wild unknown. She's got the, the wands or the staircase. And there's a light at the top of the staircase and the rest of the card is dark. Hmm. So read with that deck. It's a, it's a really beautiful kind of hopeful message and seeing it in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have the wild unknown. I haven't sat down to really work with it yet. Cause I find it so intimidating that none of the touchstones I'm familiar with are present on it. Um, it's more advanced for me if I'm being honest. That's okay. There's, that's the great thing about symbolism. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say like anything is too advanced for you, Ross, or for anybody else. I think it's just, we get into our comfort zone of symbolism that, that we're used to. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you take, you know, just anybody who's, who enjoys reading to just take out all of your decks and pull out different cards and look at like line them all up together and like maybe look at the hermit in a bunch of decks and see what comes out of it. In the wild unknown, it's like a turtle mm -hmm. with like a, with a, like a light on top. It's um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I think it's I I feel like it's like speaking um, multiple languages. You know, we know how to say hello in how many languages and mm -hmm. like pick up little words. So I think it's just 
tarot is a language. It's, it's an artistic language between you and the universe and your subconscious and higher self. Mm. So I try, I want to learn as many languages as possible. And you need to write that, what you just said down. That's an awesome explanation of tarot. You need to like coin that shit or copyright it. <laughs> like, I think that's phenomenal. Because once I say something, two minutes later, I'm like, I don't remember what I just said. <laughs> no, that was a phenomenal explanation. Thank you. Um, are you ready to move on to the next nine? Yes. What do you want to do? Cups or pentacles? I feel like if we started out with the worst that we should save the best for last. I'm curious as which one do you think? Yeah, which one do you think is the best? Because they're both great cards and I'm happy always to see either one. It's like, what is more exciting? Having the culmination of emotional experience or the culmination of a physical experience? Uh... I'm going to say that we go with the pentacles next because I think the emotional experience is, is the more richer of the two. Okay. Great. So the nine of pentacles, you can see my girl here. She's sitting in her apartment on her couch, checking out her tree of money, basically. <laughs> nice. For a second, I thought it was a pot plant or something, but that's just my old psychic baggage. <laughs> Maybe for you, that's what it is. Um, it's just a plant with pentacles on it and she's sitting there and she's looking at it and she's really happy. Yeah, I like it. There definitely is a, a sense of contentment there, but there's also like kind of like that Daria-esque type contentment. I don't mean that in a mean way. Remember the show Daria? Do you know how many people have told me like, oh, you look like Daria if you were a cartoon? I'm like, yes, dark hair, glasses, we're the same. I didn't mean you looked like Daria, but now my mind's there, so I might always see that. No, you have too much. Uh, you're too animated, like in a, in a good way to to be a cartoon. <laughs> I don't know. That probably didn't help my case at all. Uh, anyhow, back to the card. No, I, I like the artwork, and um, I like how you have the windows there because there's a sense of freedom and expansiveness, wow. uh, and I think that I find a lot more openness in your interpretation of it than in the uh, Smith Rider weight, because there's that bush right there, and the bush is kind of like crowding her. It's, it's kind of how I take it. Oh, I guess I never thought of it crowding her. Um, I always felt freedom in this card. And this is kind of goes into what we, we've talked about when we, when we dance with um, Law of Attraction and hmm. lack mentality versus abundance mindset. And I feel like this is a card that comes up when we're shifting our perspective of a lack mentality. Because, and what we de when we demonize people with money, hmm. and we have to remember that it's safe to have money and it's safe to have resources because we will be very good, responsible custodians of those resources so if we have money then we can help others yeah i think that's something really important to address because it's really prevalent in the new age culture that money's bad and charging for services is bad and all of this stuff um i was listening to a book on tape by mitch horowitz um the miracle club have, are you familiar with it no he takes a, a look at the birth of kind of law of attraction and, and positivism and all this, or no, uh, positive, positive thinking and all that. 
but he does it from a standpoint of trying to point out some of their flaws, but he really goes into talking about what they do well also. And he talks about kind of the whole money aspect and people in new age circles, not wanting to have power or anything like this, but he talks about how it's okay to want money. It's okay to want good things. It's okay to want all that stuff. It really comes down to how you choose to utilize it. And that's the decisive factor. So it really goes into what you're saying. Um, I'm tipping my toes in more with law of attraction, but I like the way that he presents it because it's, it addresses some of the perceived shortcomings or some of the shortcomings I perceive within it. Um, I really suggest you check it out though. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I definitely will. I appreciate the suggestion. Um, I think that if we look at in the nine of pentacles or the nines in general being lower octaves of the hermit and being alone, it's, it's, this is a card about gratitude and appreciation for the things that you've been able to accumulate hmm. on your own because it's alone um in my in my coven my witches and i we say that this is the card about pleasure and being grateful and appreciative of what you have because you did the things that were pleasurable to you it's that like checking in with your gut and saying no to things that don't feel good and saying yes to things that do feel good. Mm -hmm. um, and then enjoying the benefits of those things. So saying no to work projects or saying no to being around people that drain you. It's saying, you know, it's the hell yes card. I like that. Yeah, I really like that uh, expression a lot. And one of the things that I, I want to bring up on looking at the Smith weight one is the yellow in it. So it's kind of like finding that sense of self on a deep level and feeling comfortable in yourself as a result of what you've kind of brought into the world, mm -hmm. which I think is underplayed in some ways too. Like it's okay to take pride in things that you've accomplished. It's okay to be proud of what you've been able to materialize from your efforts um i think that sometimes people bastardize ego so much that they destroy their um self-confidence definitely yeah that's all i had to say about it i think that you've <laughs> you hit the nail on the head so there's not much that i could expand upon it you're killing it stephanie you're killing it <laughs> i love doing this i it's so much fun it's you know tarot is obviously a subject you and I are both very passionate about and to just have the opportunity to sit here and like talk about cards without the context of a reading where you're trying to interpret somebody's someone else's subconscious talking to them mm -hmm. it's just nice to just be your own guidebook basically yeah I definitely agree I, I get a lot from this and I I'm sure that listeners do as well um so that moves us into the nine of cups. Ta -da! <laughs> what what is your nine of cups, if I may ask? So they're overflowing champagne glasses. Oh, very cool. I don't know. Even if I drank now, I don't know that I would drink that champagne though, because it's kind of black. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be mine if it wasn't. <laughs> Because I don't really, I don't, I'm not really a drinker. It's just the, whatever the liquid is, it's the concept of just 
cups overflowing and like so much abundance and just I'm just being a smart ass that's fine um somebody was like is it blood and I was like it could be (laughs) that would be me I'm a Pluto rising so that's when you say test me and find out (laughs) (laughs) um no, I like the the abundance aspect. So it really is kind of having all your emotional needs met and being able to give back to other people. And it goes into the whole concept of um, you have to fill your cup first, can't give what you don't have, uh, all, all of that stuff. And like looking at the Smith weight, uh, Ryder Smith weight or however, <laughs> however it said, I just see this person who's like so content with themselves and uh, able to sit with their emotions like in a a pleasant way there's also the light blue which is kind of being comfortable communicating from a a space uh i don't want to say of power but of um confidence more so than anything and then with the red hat it's kind of like having this connection to the material world in, in a comfortable way and also feeling like um what's the word that i want to say I guess just feeling supported, like feeling that deep sense of grounding and everything. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things, and again, this is uh, something that comes up in new age circles. Oftentimes people talk about, they kind of bastardize the material world, but there is some benefit in having, um, tying it into the nine of pentacles in having money. There is some security in having um, your emotional needs met through a partner. And a lot of these things are kind of shrugged aside in some way for this aesthetic of being able to be always alone and be completely whole by yourself. But there's a benefit in all of these other things. Otherwise, there'd be no point in doing them. So I think that like people need to remember that. I don't know where I'm going with that. but <laughs> No, you're right. Um, I think that if nines are about cycles ending and the nines are about being alone and we're looking at an overflowing emotional experience, I feel like this is a card that signals um, the change comes when you can align your emotions with what it is you want before you have it. This, you know, I think every tarot book I've read is like, oh, this is the wish card. Make a wish and it comes true. And it's like, we are always making wishes. We're always planting seeds and setting goals. But everything that we're taught now is that you have to be able to align your emotional experience. We talked about this in the sevens. Um, Aligning your emotional experience experience with something on your own so this is saying that your emotions overflowing isn't going to come from an external source you Mm. can you can step away and you can find joy in your body and in your emotions without the mirror of reflection off another person that's a that's a very healthy way to put it you gotta you kind of got to fill your cup up yourself but then any spillover it's okay if it comes from these other sources but you have to be for yourself otherwise you're just going to drain other people there's no reciprocity there 
Um, yeah, I like it. I, one of the things that I want to talk about, since we've talked about law of attraction and my, my staunch opposition of it originally, uh, in that Miracle Club book, he was talking about, I want to say it was Napoleon Hill or somebody's concept of um, sitting in those emotions, but then using symbols to represent kind of the action of everything. And that put law of attraction in a lot more tangible understanding to me to like think of the emotional aspect of this symbol or like this anchor symbol more so because previously I'd heard people say like visualize the whole scene of everything and even being a very visually minded person that's a big fucking burden to like try to picture everything and hold the emotion of what you're trying to attract in and everything but being able to like say symbolize um like a public speaking career with a microphone and feeling like energetically like you're giving a lot to people and you can feel them getting something from it but then also feeling like confident and all of that like that's a lot more tangible I guess than picturing the whole thing um I, I just felt like I had to add that in there I'm glad, no I'm really glad that you did um because I think it's it can get confusing and everybody's kind of trying to figure out what works for them so mm -hmm if I may share my absolutely no um, only mine shows over now no I'm just joking well it is a show and <laughs> I'm just I'm not that big of a dick <laughs> so we were talking when we were you know back in um nine of swords keeping you up at night um I think that it's important there's uh I think it was Wayne Wayne Dyer's five minutes before you go to sleep at night and it's it was like born of that and like mixing like different philosophies of like a morning practice but having an evening practice is just as important and I think that's how these two cards can can tie together if you think about programming your subconscious mind which is what I do and what has worked for me is every night before I go to sleep um, I lay in my bed and I close my eyes and I picture my ideal self. Hmm. I'm laying in my bed in, in the plate. Where, where is this bed? Where am I falling? Where am I laying my head down? What is, what is the space like? Who's next to me? What is my role? What does my house look like? And before I go to sleep, as I'm like kind of drifting into that thing, it's like kind of, running my my mind mentally through what is what try trying on essentially my ideal life hmm. and i do it when i wake up in the morning too i wake up in the morning shut the alarm off and before i get out of bed i'm keep my eyes shut and i'm like where am i waking up in what is it like outside where what does the space look like who's next to me um what is what is my routine for the day you know in my ideal, amazing, successful, happy human body, <laughs> you know, what would, what would, how can I get myself emotionally in that place to retrain my mind hmm. all on my own without anybody, any external influences? Hmm. Yeah, I, I really like that. I think that's the, you should, yeah, you should look that up. I'm going to look up the, um, 
I'm going to have you, well, can you say the name of that book again? The Miracle Club. Um, if you do a lot of driving, they actually have it on one of the uh, library apps where you can get the audio book for free. I've been doing a lot of those. Um, yeah, let me know of the, of the Wayne Dyer book. Um, they actually mentioned something similar to that in that book as well. And they talk about this person, one of the people whose names I can't remember being a, uh, one of the people who Wayne Dyer shaped a lot of his philosophy off of. Um, so he was kind of like the influence for Wayne Dyer. So I'm, I'm curious to hear Wayne Dyer's approach, but also this other person's as well more. Wait, what was this person's name? So the person who wrote the Miracle Club, his name is uh, Mitch Horowitz, but the person who they reference influencing Wayne Dyer, I can't remember his name right now. Um, I'll have to get back to you after we're done chatting. I'll send it to you via messenger or something. Thank you. And you had mentioned um, Napoleon Hill as well, right? Yeah. Um, Are you familiar it, with his work at all? I know he does Think and Grow Rich and some stuff like that. But beyond that, I'm not entirely, I, I know titles, but I've never read any of his work. Um, I think it's interesting how the universe gives you snippets. This is kind of a tangent. Um, it gives you snippets of things that could be helpful. And it's, we have free will, whether we can take it or not. And I'll never forget, I was 21 and I was, had totally walked away from my spiritual path of, of my early teens. And I was trying to be corporate and please parents and be a normal person. And I worked for this, I worked for a mortgage company and my boss's father had asked me, he said, hey, I heard of this book, Think and Grow Rich. It's by Napoleon Hill and I really wanna read it. But he didn't know how to use the internet and I'm, you know, this was like 2005, so I didn't really know how to use the internet. <laughs> and he was like, I can't find it. There was no Amazon or anything. So he's like, can you please buy me seven copies of this book? And I did, I tracked it down and I was so proud of myself and I bought the book and had it shipped to the office. and. And he said, thank you for doing that for me. And he gave me a copy of the book. And can I tell you, I never read it. Still? I don't even know where it, I've moved so many times. Who knows where anything is. But I remember having this book in my hands and it sat on my shelf for like a couple of years. And like, like that was the universe giving me a present. And I ignored it. It's, hey, it's coming back up for a reason now. So now I need to act on it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i've heard good things about him actually i was on facebook earlier and somebody else in, a, in a, one of the groups i'm in mentioned it again and I'm like the universe is telling me something with with this book and i'm trying to ignore a law of attraction as much as i physically can <laughs> when you resist persists my friend you know this I yeah, think I, maybe we should just call it something different um because it's not just the law of attraction, there's 12 laws of the universe and they all work in conjunction with one another. Um, yeah, I'd probably just need to get over the semantics of it and just take it for, for what it is and not try to shape everything for my convenience. <laughs> but yeah, there has to be a better way to put it because law of attraction, I just don't like the way it's presented in new age culture. I just don't like new age culture, even though I'm a part of it. Like I, I don't like how it's presented. And that's okay. I think that there's 
so many different facets of new age culture and I don't even, it's constantly evolving and we all get to make up our own version of what that means to us. Mm -hmm. Kind of take what works and kind of leave behind the rest. (laughs) Ellie is staring me down. She was. She is. Um, I think like as far as what law of attraction is, is just saying that like energy attracts energy. Mm -hmm. And what comes to you. Yeah, which I agree with all those principles. I, I don't know what it, what my apprehension of it is, but I'll sort it out eventually. I mean, one of the things too is all this is relative to the hermit in some way as well, because your story relates to the fact of looking back and seeing how this story came up and now it's coming up again, and maybe seeing that there's something more there to it. My apprehension to the law of attraction is really highlighting the fact that oftentimes things that I'm apprehensive towards tend to have a lot of wisdom and benefit for me. <laughs> but I'm just a stubborn asshole sometimes. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think all of that is stuff that I need to in- investigate more so. Um, hmm. But yeah, let me know the title of that Wayne Dyer book. And if you if you um, remember it, maybe you can let other people know on the, uh, on the podcast as well, because maybe they want to check it out after hearing us talk about it. I think like I um sometimes I just type in stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's such a great source of rabbit holes of things to fall into. And I think it it was one of those um whatever video I had been listening to kind of clicked over and it went right into like the five minutes before you fall asleep. And I really think that might be actually what it's called, but hmm. I'll look it up for sure. Yeah. I definitely would appreciate it. I'll try to find it on YouTube as well. Last thing I'll say on that is like that five minutes before you fall asleep thing, that's right when you're in the hypnagogic state, like I had mentioned with uh, Nine of Swords, kind of like you had touched upon as well. And that's really one of the things where they say that that's when you're most likely to create whatever and program your subconscious. I think you had touched on it, but I feel that that's uh, worth underlining again, really. So it's either your subconscious comes to mind or you affect your subconscious by consciously tinkering with it mm-hmm. uh, do you want to give us the stephanie caponi rundown on all of the cards um okay so we talked about the hermit being um leaving society and stepping away from external um distractions to get in touch with your own inner wisdom and what's truly inside of you so that you can share that And we talked about the Nine of Swords being irrational fears and anxiety and ways to work with that is teaching yourself through your own inner wisdom on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. And the Nine of Wands being about um, the culmination of things that you've tried to do all by yourself um, and the ending of lessons that you've learned so that you can move on to the next and putting your energy into something better. We talked about the nine of pentacles being about um, gratitude 
and abundance for what you've been able to create yourself and saying being able to by being able to say no to things that drain you or aren't meant for you and hmm. saying yes to the things that really get you excited and then we talked about the nine of cups being uh gratitude and um overflowing of emotions and getting yourself into a really positive emotional state to get to that next level of having all the things that you want, but being able to get there all by yourself. Hmm. I really like it. Um, one of the, one of the things that I want to add before we close too is uh, thinking about the hermit card. I forgot to mention this. Um, this Friday, I'm actually going camping by myself for like a day to where my whole plan is to remove myself from everything, shut off uh, my phone, like just drink water and maybe bring some fruit and like do this whole purge of everything and kind of go into that hermit space of really just uh, looking inside and having that like Star Wars moment where Luke Skywalker goes into the cave and realizes that Darth Vader's him, even though it's not in like the real, do you remember that scene where he like, he sees himself in Darth Vader's mask? Um, yeah, I think I'm going to have one of those moments. So it is that hermit moment, but it'll allow me to move forward. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for uh, coming on and doing this. And I guess to invite, now is the time to invite the listeners to reach out with questions, comments, uh, leave reviews if possible, all that good stuff. You can reach Stephanie or myself on Instagram. The information will be in the show notes. Um, also you can reach out to her at moonvoidtarot.com or you can reach out to me at staff at spiritualphoenixstudios.com. Um, and Stephanie, what is your final word on everything? Oh, I hate when you ask me that. <laughs> um, no, just thank you everybody for continually listening to us. I mean, this is our ninth episode. Is this our ninth or is this our tenth? Because tenth technically. Yeah, technically the tenth episode. So our tenth episode. So that's ten weeks of Ross and I, and we look forward to next week. I cannot wait to get into the Wheel of Fortune and the tens and wrap up this cycle of the minors. Thank you for listening. If you love the show, one kind review goes a long way. If you have a question or comment you'd like read on air, please send your email to staff at spiritualphoenixstudios.com or use the link in the show notes.